Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I am feeling vibrant today. I don't know about you, but I sure hope you are catching what I'm catching because I'm telling you the joy that I have today is remarkable. It is absolutely remarkable. So thank you for taking the time to stick and stay with us right here on WCCO Radio. My first guest tonight, and we have some great guests tonight, that's for sure, is a woman that I have admired from a distance for a long time. Her name is Gay Adams Massey, and she is the Chief Executive Officer of W... I'm sorry, my goodness, YWCA St. Paul, which promotes racial justice through education and advocacy and supports women and their families through programs and supportive housing, workforce readiness, and career pathways, and youth, and I'm really interested in what's happening with the youth there, youth employment and empowerment, empowerment. It also operates a health and fitness center. Now, prior to her role with YWCA St. Paul, Ms. Massey served as a senior deputy general counsel for United Health Group and general counsel of its Ovations Division, I mean, we could go on and on. Her resume is quite beautiful and deep. So I, I encourage you to look her up on ywcastpaul.com. Um, and I, you will learn a whole lot about her. And I'm so honored to have her here. Um, she was named to Twin Cities Businesses 100 People to Know in 2021. And it is an honor to have you, Gay. Welcome to WCCO. Oh, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry she hasn't joined us just yet, so we will get to her first. She will be our first interview, and that was my fault, Jonathan. Thank you so much for reminding me. Also at 740, we're going to have Lori Aratani from the Washington Post, and we're going to talk about the schedules and the meltdowns that we've been seeing with people who are traveling around the country, if not the world, and how uh, the flights are reacting to all of this. So stay tuned for that. There is a lot of information out there I hope to share with you. In the 8 o'clock hour, of course, we're going to have um, a line of health on Dr. Ron Terrell this time, and we're going to talk about strokes because, yeah, this is the time to really talk about it. Johnny Brown is going to join us at 835. We're going to start center stage a little early. He's doing a Lou Rawls tribute at Chan Hansen and so much more in the 9 o'clock. And, of course, Michael Battle will be with me tonight um, for the Mom and Michael Hour. So it's going to be a great night. I hope you'll stick and stay with us. Do we have Gay with us at all, Jonathan? Okay, I tell you, um, when I first heard about the YWCA and just the YWCA period and how it helps women and girls, um, I was just, oh, I have to get my granddaughters in. And my oldest granddaughter had the opportunity. She was actually chosen from another um, summer 
program, and they liked her so much. They said, we'd love for you to come for a week or two and just, you know, be engaged in YWCA. And I know that my my oldest granddaughter is just such a leader, and I was really thrilled for her to have this opportunity to learn so much from the YWCA in St. Paul. So I'm really thrilled uh, about interviewing Gay tonight. There are so many, um, they've been around for over 100 years. Just think about that. And, and as you try to figure out how a company stays together for a hundred years, I have never figured that out. There are so many that go by the wayside, but not the YWC. And so as we talk about it, my guest is joining us now. Uh, she is CEO Gay Adams Massey of the YWCA of St. Paul. Welcome, Gay. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm so, so excited. I'm so glad you joined me. I, I am so excited to have you join me that I started the interview too early. So how about that? <laughs> oh, gosh, I don't know if that happens to anyone else, but it happened to me tonight. Um, you know, the thing is, I have always been enamored by what the YWCA does for not just women like me, but also girls. And uh, the impact mm -hmm. for those girls lasts their lifetime oftentimes when I hear from other young women who were part of the YWCA and their youth. Um, tell me, has that changed at all? Have you had to restructure in St. Paul to see if other things could work even in a better way for girls? You know, we have maintained a focus on girls. You know, our mission is to empower women and eliminate racism. And we focus on both of those things. And Girls and women are kind of at the heart of what we do. And we, we talk about our work as focusing on women and their families. And we have um, taken a view that um, the best way for our organization to really empower women and eliminate racism is to focus on helping women and their families overcome barriers to um, life success. So, you know, many of our programs align with areas of um, racial disparity in Minnesota. We have a housing program that helps homeless families, most of whom are a single parent headed by a mother. Um, we help them uh, achieve stable housing in the community. Um, through supportive services and the opportunity to take advantage of um, the supportive housing programs, one of the several supportive housing programs that we offer. We help people find a way into the workforce through job training programs and employment readiness programs. And we work with young people um, who are part of those families, um, focusing on girls, um, really helping them with leadership development, staying on track academically, and getting ready for the workforce as well. Um, we also have, you know, a real focus on racial justice and do education and advocacy in the community. And we run a fitness center. It's our social enterprise, helps support our programming, um, and also helps um, the folks who take advantage of it uh, maintain their health and wellness. So that's kind of the range of things we do, and we um, really focus on lifting up women and girls through those programs. 
You know, it's quite remarkable that over the years, you know, 100 years or so now, you, it's amazing to see how many women have been, um, have grown and lived a better life. They knew more because of the YWCA. And it's the same thing with the girls. However, the women and girls today are not like the women and girls of yesterday. And I'm just curious <laughs> to know, when, when they walk in the doors, do you say, okay, you know, head up, chest out, let's go. <laughs> because these young <laughs> girls, they are ready to be activists. They are ready to get going. It's like, okay, we don't have a lot of time. My granddaughter says this to me, okay, we, we got to get started now. I got to do what I have to do as quickly as possible. And that is remarkable. <laughs> do you see that incredible change? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you're ever feeling sad after reading the newspaper, talk to some of the young folks in our communities because they will inspire you and have you feeling hopeful for the future. We have so many young leaders who just need our support and um, op us opening doors for them to take leadership um, and, and having those opportunities to show what they can do um, in, in our in our communities. And so you, you were talking about that change, and it is very real. You know, one of the programs we've been very fortunate to work with, we partner with the Women's Foundation of Minnesota, and they've launched a young women's initiative um, across the state. And YWCA St. Paul works with the young women who are members of the Young Women's Initiative Cabinet. And these young women are so amazing. They are leaders starting businesses, they're, they're um, advocating for legislation, they, they're really on the front lines on a lot of big issues already. You know, these are women who range in age from 16 to their early 20s, and they are movers and shakers already. And I think so many of our young women can follow that path if they have the opportunities and support they need. So what is the um, the answer to the question? You know, how do you, how have you survived all these decades um, to bring women and girls to fruition, to, the, to whom they are to be in this world? Because, of course, with all of the um, added nonprofits today, right, you're, you're competing against mm -hmm. totally different, even extreme amounts of competition with the YWCA. Mm -hmm. it, it, I know what your stamp is. I know exactly why we still go to the YWCA and why it's important in all of our communities. But I'm just curious, I can see all of the diversity that has changed so much over the years. And mm -hmm. I can only imagine um, the competition that you're up against now, the YWCA versus whomever, um, has to be a, a great challenge. But you have met that challenge. You know, one of the biggest challenges that face most nonprofits is just funding, finding the resources to deliver the services that that are so critical um, to our communities. And, and if you think about it, we depend on the nonprofit sector to deliver a lot of service that wouldn't be available if that sector weren't there. You know, I, I, there are a lot of nonprofits in Minnesota, and I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think there is certainly enough need um, for the work that each of us do. And I, I like to think about ways we can collaborate, leverage our different 
areas of expertise and skills. You know, I, I used to love to listen to um, Bishop Desmond Tutu before he passed, and he would talk about this spirit of Ubuntu, which was, you know, mm. I am because we are. You know, right. we have solidarity in our shared humanity and support for each other. And I think I try to look at um, these situations as not a zero-sum game. It's There is enough opportunity for each of us and, you know, the many nonprofits working, but we have to work together. We have to collaborate. We have to um, not duplicate each other's work. Each address needs um and there's so many of them already existing. I think there's space for all of us. I think, you know, we've had to, in response to, um, you know, in, to, to raise the money we've needed, we've had to get really clear about telling our story, helping people understand the impact of our program, who we're trying to serve, and how people can help us um, do that work in community. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's always challenging doing this work. And the, the women who founded the YWCA St. Paul in 1905, they were helping young women who were moving from the farm to come to the city to work in mills and factories. And they were providing housing and training and support for these young women. And that's not what our need looks like now, but, the YWCA's and other organizations, you know, you have to evolve and meet the need as it exists in your community. You have to stay current and you have to um, be part of the community so you, so you are connected and able to um, support people in the ways they need. So the YWCA then um, in St. Paul, I'm sure has had uh, the diversity has been incredible over, you know, since 1902, I think you said. Um, And so that's remarkable. I can just imagine how it's changed so much. What do you see in the future when it comes to various communities that are not as involved today in the YWCA St. Paul? Well, we hope to bring more and more people um, to to be part of the YWCA, to join our mission, to help us um, move forward with kind of this goal of empowering women and eliminating racism. That's what brought me to the YWCA. I love that mission. I think those are two things I really want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And we come to that work um, focused on education and advocacy in community around racial justice and helping people build understanding so that they feel comfortable um, being in conversation, asking questions, and and understanding how they can take action to um, help create a more racially just um, community. And there's, there's opportunity for people to join us in that work. In our human services programs, there are all kinds of volunteer opportunities there. And, you know, our fitness center, the folks who come and work out and take care of their health, they have the benefit of knowing they're really contributing to the support of these other programs that make our community stronger by making our families stronger. 
Um, we really focus on families, focusing, you know, the, the parents and the kids and trying to, to meet those needs. So um, it's, it's, there, there are ways for people with all kinds of interests to engage. And we're hopeful of, of um, as people learn more about the work we're doing, that they will uh, be interested in joining us and um, getting involved with our mission and, and with our work. When it comes to racial justice, of course, I look at the overall list of YWCAs throughout the country, and it's quite remarkable. I'm, I'm curious to know if it is the same principles that are being uh, taught and, and um, to not just the girls, but also to the families, the women, the, even if the boys come to, to play there or to swim or what have mm-hmm. you. Are they learning all the same thing? It, it, the YWCAs have the same principles, period, across across the the United States? You know, we're a network of local associations. We have a national organization, and we all have the same mission of eliminating racism and empowering women. But each YWCA advances that mission in the way that, that makes the most sense in the community where the YW is located. You know, we're each independent 501c3s, and we each um, figure out how to advance that mission in in um, in community. You know, here in the Twin Cities, we have two YWCA's: one in Minneapolis, one in and ours in St. Paul. And we share the same mission. We both do work around racial justice in community, but our other programming is different. It they it you know they're focused on um, early childhood education and some other things. We're really focused on fighting homelessness and, and um, helping people, unemployed and underemployed people, find their way into the workplace through mm-hmm. workforce readiness and career pathways programs. And our youth programs really focus on older youth. So we're complementary. All YWCAs focus on racial justice issues. But their other programs are really geared to the needs in their particular communities. Does that answer your question, Bill? It does answer my question. And finally, I'm excited to ask you about your gala that is coming up. Um, and, and tell us all about it. Tell us if there are tickets still available. Uh, it is quite an interesting gala. I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, this is our sweet success um, fundraiser. We have this every year, and this year is, is going to be pretty special. We're doing it outside at the University of St. Thomas, Monham Plaza, and it's also going to be live streamed. So those of you, you know, those of your listeners who couldn't come out um, can watch it virtually. There are no tickets, but you do need to register, and you can do that on our website, which is www.ywcastpaul.org. You know, this is an event where we will have entertainment, awards, and some good food, too. Um, Our Sweet Success event is really a celebration of the success of some of the women, children, and families that we serve. And this year, we're going to honor four program participants um, for the amazing progress um, they've made um, while in our programs. 
And we're also going to honor a community change maker, um, Angela Davis from NPR Yay! News. We're really excited about that. <laughs> so I've known her for many years. Wonderful, yeah, she has these wonderful programs on really fascinating topics, and we're really excited to acknowledge the impact she has in community. Last year's change maker. Um, Rebecca Brunson from The Lynx is going to pass the baton um, to Angela this year. We're excited about that. And, you know, we are so fortunate to have you emcee the program. Um, I, I just, I'm so thrilled about that. Um, we'll have a spoken word artist, Brittany Delaney. And Thomasina Petrus and her band are going to provide entertainment. And what a voice she has. She has such an amazing voice. I'm very excited about it, but I have learned so much about the YWCA over the last 10 years, to tell you the truth. I've had engagements with people who um, were running um, that particular one or or, um, young people that were in it, and I've learned so much about it. I, I really wish you well, and I can't. I can't help but say how much I want this to continue forever because women and girls need need you desperately. So, Gay, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Oh, and tell thank us, where do people go again to find the, the streaming? Uh, at our, on our website, www.ywcastpaul.org, and you can register and watch the event there. You'll get, you'll get a link um, once you register to watch. So, All right. Um, and this is happening on May 26th. So excited about it. Yes. All right. It's good to hear your voice, and uh, we'll talk soon. <laughs> All righty. Take now. care, Gay. <laughs> bye bye. All right. That's Gay Adams Macy. Do check it out. YWCA St. Paul. Okay. We're going to take a break and come back with some weather. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. I so enjoyed my conversation with Gail Macy. And I have to tell you, um, um, she's quite a remarkable woman. If you ever get a chance to meet her and greet her, <laughs> you will understand why I say that. Um, also, I just want to let you know that I am excited to um, have her on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. And, of course, my next guest coming up is also going to be joining us on that hotline. And we have got so much to talk about tonight. If you don't know this particular guest, Lori Aratani uh, from the Washington Post, we're going to talk about airlines trim, trim, um, trim summer schedules. And boy, is this hard on so many people who are ready to get out and get going. So we got a lot to talk about, and it's all coming up in just a few minutes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. I love this song. Jonathan, you probably don't even know this song, dude. (laughs) But I love this song. And it is just such a pleasure to be here tonight. It is a beautiful evening. And, of course, I watch often when I'm driving on 35W. uh, I'm trying to figure out, okay, how many planes am I going to see today? You know, in these neighborhoods, they're flying over. And you just see plane after plane after plane. But what are we to expect this year? Now that we know people are getting out, spring has sprung, summer is around the corner, and people are ready to travel, particularly by flying. Uh, I know I had a a relative that recently uh, flew out and, you know, just to try to get on the plane or to book it, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, we're, we're full. And then all of a sudden you call again, they go, oh, no, we have three seats available. It's kind of strange, but there is a... Um, a woman who works for the Washington Post, and she writes for them. Her name is Lori Aratani, and we are trying to reach her tonight. But here's what I really want to talk about. Um, Airlines, uh, in her article, it's called Airlines Trim Summer Schedules, uh, Aiming to Avoid High-Profile Meltdowns. And I was curious to think, what in the world is a high-profile meltdown? I mean, (laughs) this is something that's been happening. We see these little videos on YouTube, or you can see videos in other uh, locations online. It is quite remarkable how many people are getting into fights and arguments, and it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's almost like we have been released. We have become free to be, right? Just free to be who we are. Yet we are still angry, and I'm trying to figure out why we're still upset. A lot of us are not wearing masks anymore, right? A lot of us are traveling, driving, taking out the RV, whatever it takes. If they want to get on a cruise, if they want to 
um, you know, take a flight. They are like ready to go. And we know the hotels are much more expensive than they were before. Renting a car is much more expensive than they were before. But people are finding a way to bring their families together and actually have a vacation. And a vacation to me is one more than one night. If it's just one night, it won't feel like a vacation to me. But if I have two nights, I'm okay with two nights. Some people say, I got to have seven nights. Well, here's the problem. The airlines specifically in this particular article that Lori Aratani wrote was talking about a woman named Ashley Reislegers. And Ashley remembers it like it happened yesterday. The 10 p.m. text announcing her early morning flight was canceled. Then came the scramble to rebook, only to discover that Southwest Airlines had no flights to Cleveland in time for the wedding she was hired to photograph. Okay, I got to stop there because this is real, you guys. I have had the challenge of trying to get to a city where I'm supposed to sing, whether it was New York or Chicago or Los Angeles, and I'm I'm terrified because all of a sudden the we're grounded for a couple of hours and before you know it you don't have the time that you need so i've learned to book the night before way in advance to make sure that i have time if i have to change a flight for the next day the challenge is that whether you get in now at night or during the next day it's not guaranteed it's never guaranteed and so i have to really you know think about it call as often as possible, um, check my Delta um, app to see if I have any challenges or changes. And Delta has done a really great job, in my um, humble opinion, um, to make sure that we know if you're delayed, if they want to get you on another flight, they, they write to you, they let you know, and I appreciate that. Do they always do that? I can't say that. I only say that I don't fly as much as so many others do, and what I have found so far is that they're doing a great job with that. So whomever you decide to choose for your favorite airline to take you all over the world or all over the country or all over the um, you know, one section, Midwest, you know, the West, the East, whatever you choose, the bottom line is that you have to be prepared because we don't know what is going to happen now. Fuel cost is way up. There are still some tickets like 300 and something dollars. And by the way, Jonathan, I thought 300 and something dollars wouldn't be bad to go to New York from Minnesota or go to go to LA from Minnesota. But some people are saying, oh, they're much higher than that at some of the other airlines. And I'm wondering if it's the smaller ones that are charging more or the bigger ones that are changing more, uh, charging more, or just all of them. I don't know. When was the last time you took a flight? Uh, last year, uh, I took a flight uh, out to Washington, D.C., and I'm planning on taking the same trip uh, this year. But I, I don't know if it's the size of the airline because you hear about from places like sun country and uh, maybe Alaska or Allegiant or some of these other smaller airlines, JetBlue, that they may have these, uh, these specials where you can go to places like Vegas mm -hmm. for 125 bucks or something like, you know, round trip for 99 or 125 or something. So right. I think it, I think it's more the airport that you're going into and how many uh, hubs are near that airport or go from, you know, uh, how many airlines go into that said airport, how many times a day they go into a said airport. 
because I'll tell you this, right before the pandemic started, I was planning. I had my airline ticket and everything to go to New Orleans. Yeah. And trying to find something. And the other thing is stops, number of stops, nonstop, one stop, you know, two layovers. That makes a difference. Trying to find something nonstop from, from MSP to New Orleans was rare. It was not I know your pain, brother. I know your pain. I did that. We, you know, came from Minneapolis to North Carolina, North Carolina, into New Orleans. Nightmare. It was a nightmare. Our 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 second flight was canceled, or it was just crazy. So I know what you're saying, but you did make it to New Orleans, didn't you, Jonathan? Did I lose Jonathan? I think I did. Let me continue. He told me to hold on a second. Oh, this is mysterious. Sorry. Uh, um, I, I have uh, – it's it's late, but I do have uh, Miss uh, Aratani on the line for you. Oh, my goodness. Hi, Laurie. Welcome. I'm so sorry. There was a mix-up on which phone number, and uh, that was my office number, so I really apologize. I'm so glad to have you join us tonight. Thank you for taking the time to keep trying. So here we are talking about airlines trimming summer schedules. And, you know, when you say trimmer and then you read through your article and it says, but airlines are hoping a spring break boom continues through the summer. It sounds to me like they want as many people crowded on these planes as possible, right? I think they would like to have a very robust summer season. Um, I think you are right, but they are mindful. Um, if you or anyone you knew flew last summer, um, it wasn't exactly smooth, and a lot of people no. got delayed. A lot of people got bumped. So they are trying to sort of balance demand with the people that they have on staff. You know, they're still hiring like mad. Um, Delta, I think, has hired 14,000 new people since last summer. So they're hoping that they've got enough staff there to get people through. But it's going to feel a lot like 2019 pre-pandemic. But I think for folks that are flying, they're going to have to pack a lot of patients and they're going to have to know that, you know, it's it's going to be tough. Um, if you get bumped from your flight, if there's weather, um, it's going to be harder to get another flight. You may You may have to wait a day or two to get another flight. Why, though? Here's the problem for me. You and I both know that billions of dollars in pandemic relief landed at at the feet of those airlines. And if that's true, I mean, if that's the amount of money they're talking about, how in the world can we be at the point where they're telling you to be patient? We got to have more employees. You had money to hire more employees, to train people. Do you know what? I think you are exactly right. And I think there are a lot of lawmakers that were asking that question last year, right? The whole idea of that pandemic relief fund was airlines said, you know, nobody's flying. We're going to have to lay people off. And and Congress came in and said, okay, you know, we're going to give you money to keep those people on the payroll. And so they got billions of dollars, right? More than $50 billion. And yet last summer, they they were short-staffed. And what airlines say is they say at the time, you know, they just didn't know, right? So they made the best decisions that they could. But it seems like they may have let too many people go. Clearly, if Delta is hiring 14,000 people since last summer, that's, that's just a crazy amount. You know, 50,000 people left the airline industry um, during the pandemic. You know, they weren't necessarily fired because the money was there to keep them to keep them on the payroll. 
but you know they were offered buyouts. You know we're we're in the middle of a big pilot shortage right now, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of some of those folks that left were pilots who left on early retirement. So I think you raised some very legitimate questions about you know we really want to get an accounting of where that money went. Yes, you know you kept people on, but did you let too many people go? You right. know, and the program didn't prevent them from offering incentives for people to leave. So. Did some of that money go toward offering people maybe an enticement to leave? Maybe it shouldn't. You know, what's amazing to me is that we've been dealing with this problem of not having enough pilots, not having enough flight attendants for decades. And I, what's really clear is that we never seem to have enough. If they are retiring, then the question is, why are you retiring so early? Is it that the people are acting a fool so often on these plans, on planes, the pilots don't want to have to deal with it? Is that what it is? No, I think I think there is I think there is a mismatch between you know it depends who you talk to. There are some pilots unions who will tell you you know there's no mismatch that that they are training plenty of pilots and the problem is pay, right? Some of the regional mm-hmm. air carriers didn't necessarily pay the kinds of salaries that people were willing to work for, and it's really expensive to become a pilot. Um, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of money, and I don't know that you know you necessarily. Can are eligible for the same kinds of financial aid programs you are that you can train for other professions. And if you're going to get out and you're not going to be able to pay back those loans, maybe you're going to rethink, you're going to think twice about becoming a pilot. That's really beginning to change now, right? You're seeing United, you're seeing Delta, you're seeing Alaska. They're opening their own pilot training because they realize, you know, it's about time we do this. But you're right. They've been talking about pilot shortages for decades. And there was a point at which um, they raised the mandatory retirement age to 65. I believe it was 60 in part to try and, you know, keep more pilots in the pipeline. But they just, they really have to do, um, they've, they've just got to do a better job of getting getting folks into the profession. They've got to get They've got to, you know, get encourage diverse folks, right? It's not just your sort of what people may think is your stereotypical, right? Maybe be family friendly or look at some of those barriers that may prevent folks that might want to become pilots from coming in. Is it Does it cost too much? Can we help folks that want to come in? And I know United just opened their academy in, in Arizona and they're, they're pledging to try and diversify the pilot ranks because it's important. It is important, but I have to t- I have to say it's really frustrating for all of us that are flying, including yourself. Um, the challenges uh, for me begin at the call centers. As soon as something goes wrong at the the ticket counter, and people start lining up saying, "Hey, this is not the seat I paid for," or "Hey, this has happened, and I don't I need to know why I'm not here or why I'm not going to get on this flight." This flight, um, and so the call centers also play a really big part in our frustration. Um, yet you don't hear a whole lot of about it. They'll make these excuses and you walk away because it seems like there's nothing else you can do about it. But is there, is there something we can do about it? They are. Airlines have heard. They are, they are trying to, they are trying to make up for that because it's interesting. One thing I learned in reporting this story and other stories that I've done is it's not just, it's not just customers that are on those hold lines trying to get information. A lot of times air crews, pilots and flight attendants, they're landing, they're trying to book a hotel if they don't have one, and they're waiting 
you know, ages and ages and ages to try and get an operator. And they work for the company. I think airlines had tried, you know, one of the things, you know, we do so much on our phones, right? So they thought, oh, well, let's, if we give people these apps, they won't need to, to use call centers because they'll be able to rebook their flight on, on an app. Um, you sound like someone who's run into this, right? The app yeah, absolutely. doesn't necessarily help you. You may have some quirk in your itinerary that won't let you do that. So they, they have heard you, and they are hopefully trying to reduce wait times. I know it was a particular issue at Delta, and they addressed that in their earnings call because someone said, hey, you know, people were waiting hours. I mean, we're not just taking 15 minutes, right? We're talking hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. And they said, okay, well, we have tried to stack up in those call centers, so now we have cut the wait time to 30 minutes. You know, 30 minutes mm-hmm. is better than several hours, but 30 minutes is still a lot of time. So it sounds like they really need to invest, and I think they are trying to hire up. But, you know, now they're in a market where where people who are looking for jobs have their choice, right? They could go work in a call center. They can go work somewhere else, right? So they've got to – they're competing with a lot of other businesses who want to staff that. But I hear your, I hear your pain on the call center as someone who also spent four hours on hold trying to rebook a flight. It's so right. frustrating. And then if you go to the airport, right, you know, the line is so long, right? The minute you see people dialing their phone, right, and then running to whatever customer service desk, and they might stand there for hours because you look at that and you see, you know, oh, gosh, there are six terminals, but why are only two people working? Right. Um, so, I, you know, airlines, I think, are really mindful of what happened last year. You know, they know that they're going to face tough questions about the billions that they received in pandemic relief. So they are trying to adjust the schedule so that they have the staffing that they need to run those flights in time to get those bags on and off the plane, right, to staff those customer service lines and to staff those help desks at the airport when people need help rebooking. But it's, it's you know, it's I think it's still... We're going to have to wait and see. I know there was a lot of anticipation in in um, Thanksgiving, right, because we had had a pretty rough fall. People were really worried about, oh, gosh, is Thanksgiving going to be terrible? It wasn't so bad, right? And then I think yeah. airlines maybe thought, okay. And then what happened in December, right? If you remember, if you traveled during the holidays, all the carriers got hit hard, right? It was the oh, it's it was so true. It's just awful. And, I, and, I, and I'm so right. sorry. We run out of time, Lori. I, I yeah. so enjoy talking with you. Thank you so much for this article. And, and, and the main you. thing for me is to tell people, be patient, because no matter what, yeah. we still don't have enough employees. And don't don't forget about the, the weather changing. It has changed a oh, lot. So just to be able to get those flights up, we're lucky. Take care of yourself, Lori. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you having me. Bye-bye. All right. All right, everyone. Coming up next, our 8 o'clock guest. Just wait till you hear him. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 